You can either understand truth and work through life with integrity, or you can fucking have fun staying poor. Because that's where you're going to end up. Morally, subjectively, and, you know, spiritually. If you do not seek truth and integrity daily, you will have fun staying poor. Hey, everybody. This is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. Welcome okay, to high- <laughs> <laughs> We're here with HT. Uh, a lot of you probably know him on Twitter. It's Hotel Tarantula. He's a he's a Bitcoin miner, and uh, he 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 lives the pleb life as well. Um, so what's up, HT? How you doing tonight? Oh man, we're doing good. We're how was your here. how was your uh, how was your Bitblock boom? Uh, it was really good. I had a good time. Did you go to like uh, yeah? You went to the dinner parties and stuff. Yeah, I. Uh, I got a little too drunk the one of the first nights there. It was kind of rough the next day, but uh, it was a pretty. It was a fun night overall. Got to play poker. Mike lost all of his money to a a good looking girl who was sharking him, but we had a good time. They're out there, aren't they? <laughs> I was, hey, but um, I was still like one of the last players. You know, I was. I did well that night. I did well. She, she you did as well. As she let you do. <laughs> got him. Anyway. Yo, so, uh, called your called your bluff, yeah. huh? Yeah, for sure. No, actually, I think so. Yes, that's what that's what happened. I, I have a quick question before we get into this. I the first time I saw you, I, I think it was at the Bitcoin conference. I didn't say hi because you I think you were getting a tooth pulled on a couch in like the middle of the um <laughs> like in the middle of the al- uh, lobby. Is that what was going on? Was that Susie <laughs> yeah, pulling man. your tooth? Yeah, Susie was giving me some dental work, brother. Not not pulling it out, just you know, giving me uh little repair for the long haul how was uh was that bothering you for a while um not too much uh i sometimes when i get stressed out grind my teeth a little bit and uh well you know when you put everything on the line sometimes see (laughs) grind your teeth a little bit right (laughs) a little bit so i i ended up with uh actually breaking off uh, a tooth almost in its entirety and she did a nice little patch job for me so i didn't have to walk around with that much longer so uh i i can hear the the, the sounds like uh, machines going in the background are you at the shop uh yeah i am at a shop there's a panel right there if you can see it that is one of three 200 amp panels um Ooh. Yeah, so I, uh, 200 amp panels. Wow, that's got a high hash. It's got a high hash rate. That's a high hash rate. Yeah. Uh, do you? Uh, how, what are your hours? Are you a workaholic? You sleep at the shop? I have been known to fall asleep next to an ASIC <laughs> while wow. it's on. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Talk about white noise. It's like it keeps yeah, you warm. Literally, though. it literally is the white noise. Um, it's for for. Uh, guys like myself, um, Ronan Miner, he's one of my brothers Ronan. that, that nice. he's the same way. Uh, 
El Cijado. There's a whole bunch of us out there. Who's your hado? We all of us. We could just we could fall asleep on top of a a gang of what's miners. It ain't no problem. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh you you're mining natural gas. Is that what uh what I'm to understand? I'm like doing commercially? natural gas. Yeah, uh, on a commercial scale. Is also uh we have grid tie connections. I'm working with a team uh called Sovereign Mining. Uh, building with them right now. Uh, we're uh, working to build out the base layer uh, security-wise uh, through mining. And then we're also having a secondary division that is um, also supportive of the Lightning Network that we're nice. looking to mine Bitcoin directly to open Lightning channels with. And hmm. so, That's so yeah, we're, we're uh, doing a lot right there with that. And uh, mining... Bitcoin with them on gas commercial and then doing some R&D stuff uh, with uh, wood gasification, uh, biomass and uh, and my favorite uh, hybrid hydrogen fuel technologies. You're doing R&D on that. Uh, can you what was the first one you said wood gasification? Uh, yes, uh, biomass solids and and uh, wood gasification. Yeah, so there's a couple of different avenues with that. Um, you can do uh, biomass pelletized and dry, and then you can do wood chips, and then you can take biosolids and do slurry and biodigesting and create methane that way and extract methane uh, for fuel that way. Um, so those are the three for the biomass side what what is the challenge with the biomass side is it getting the fuel is it that it's it's not efficient enough or what would be the challenge there and making you know scaling that um the reactors uh keeping them operating at optimal temperatures and keeping them clean so a a bioreactor for let's say wood gasification should operate around 2000 degrees, 1800 to 2000 degrees Fahrenheit to achieve clean pyrolysis and efficiently crack tar from the actual wood and uh, produce a hydrocarbon. And when you reach these temperatures, you can get efficient, essentially what we call blue flame or propane quality uh, gas coming from your uh, biomass. And, and the challenge uh, for myself uh, is getting, you know, your reactor perfect. It, it has to be married to the size of the operation. So anytime you scale it, you have to be very specific in the size of your operation. You have to start with the end in mind, hands down. Nothing else, nothing more, nothing less, or else it won't work. So it's pretty specific uh, uh, operationally uh, based on its deployment. Uh, you need to know what you're doing and where you're going with it and why. And so that's basically what I found. So what if somebody wanted to start doing that from you know scratch as a business, what kind of experts, what kind of background of the uh, you know people, the employees that you hire, the consultants that you hire, would you need? I mean, you need science, you need, you need, you need the networking, the computer guys, but this biomass, like what kind of chemists, what kind of scientists? Um, well, so like that's where you either you end up being a, 
well-versed in a lot of different uh, arts and uh, we'll say sciences and trades <laughs> like myself. So like I, I've kind of like educated myself in uh, hydrocarbon production through chemical engineering and, uh, you know, geological uh, exploration and surveying through fossil fuels. And then also we have the alternative energy side of things. Uh, so uh, the individuals you'd want to consult with would be educated in those respective fields so that they would be able to source for you and assist you in the production of the hydrocarbons that would be required to uh, power your genset. Is this a, I mean, are there margins there to do this as a business or yet, or is that, is this too expensive and too much work? So I love Bitcoin with all my soul, man. It's something that I put a lot of my own capital into R and D stuff. Uh, it's, I think it's worth it. I get paid in Bitcoin and it is the only damn thing I'll spend my Bitcoin on aside from, you know, the opportunity to engage with other fellow plebs. <laughs> Those are priceless moments, you know? So like oh, I'll, yeah. I'll put, I'll put Bitcoin towards going to be with other plebs, but I'll also put it into building and R and D with the network and seeing what's viable, where we can do it, how we can do it better, make it more decentralized, kind of like uh, gorilla mining, so to speak. Nice. <laughs> and and uh, I think that's worthy cause and I'll, I'll, I'll gladly, you know, spend my Bitcoin on that. Uh, oh, so, yeah. But uh, fortunately I have um, a wonderful team at Sovereign Mining and, and they, uh, they help me stack sats in a fat way. So R and D is part of the game and uh, yeah. we, they, they know what it's hitting for. They don't mind, uh, you know, paying me on Bitcoin so we can mine Bitcoin and all kinds of other ways. So it's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, so what is your background? What did you, uh, what did you do before you got into mining that, uh, you, you know, what were you, do you have a formal education in anything specific? So I actually am autodidactic. I've been self-taught uh, out the gate forever. Um, I graduated high school a year and a half ahead of my class by a correspondence uh, because I got in trouble for apparently you're not supposed to read ahead in the book or whatever. But I figured that's just, just you know, why are they telling you to slow down? There's a reason, you know, I don't see it. I just, so we left that place and then just went into the workforce. <laughs> We're operating heavy machinery, learning about uh, um, fluid dynamics and hydraulics, um, and then uh, got into demolitions and, and rebuilding in the islands. Uh, it's like after hurricanes will come through, we'll go around to different places and rebuild stuff. and. And so then after that, I got into uh, the state side, like to the mainland and uh, was doing like information technology contracting work. So it was something I'd always like been intrigued by computers when I was younger. But growing up down in the Caribbean, it was just a bunch of drinking towns with boating problems. So I uh, <laughs> I did that for a while, but always like, you know, play with a laptop in the background. And so when I got stateside and I started seeing like all the tech stuff like really hitting, I got interested and, and I started poking around with like information technology contracting and QA work and stuff like that. So I did that for a little while. And then I saw uh, that it was, you know, 
a lot of the trend was going towards automation and robotics in, in large corporations, um, replacing humans doing menial tasks with machines. And, and, it, and it was something I could see. And so I thought, okay, this would be interesting. I wanted to get involved with that. I liked building stuff when I was younger. So I, I decided that that's what I wanted to move into. So I, I didn't actually go to school or anything for it. I just started kind of like putting stuff together myself. Like, like I said, I went and I, I did the research on what was going on, what programs were working with softwares and what the, which manufacturers were making, what equipment and where, and, and, and how it was being put together and everything basically from start to finish. And then I just started going to these large corporations like uh, Kiva Robotics, TGW, Amazon, Kroger. And I saw that they had these distribution facilities where they were utilizing all this equipment. And I said, hey, you know, can I get a job? And uh, they said, fuck no. <laughs> and so I actually went to a temp agency and I went to this temp agency and I told them that I want to work with one of these companies and I laid out a list of companies and I said I don't care what the job is and so I ended up with a job as a janitor cleaning toilets in a Kroger food automation distribution facility right and uh they met the person that I spoke to to get this job there I told him I said look I really want to do this over here but I know you can't let me do that because I you have to have experience or this or that and that and he's like right I said, but let me just show you what I can do over time. You know, I'll, I'll come in here and there with your leads and everything else, and I'll put it down. And I actually, the guy's like, okay, you know what? We'll see what you can do. And so I, I actually started out cleaning toilets, doing nothing and like that. And then I, they had some stuff break on the line, and they had a guy who was busy, and I was able to fix it. And it happened like that a couple more times. And then they had an opening for a tech level one position. And I told the guy, I said, let me let me apply for that job. And they said, OK, you can apply. But, you know, if somebody else comes along that is better, we have to give it to them. And I said, OK, that's fine. Fortunately for me, the fiat world has created a bunch of fucking ridiculous losers in the workforce. And uh, it wasn't hard for me to get that position. And yeah, nice. it's just like I was able to walk right in. They had like 12 interviews and they're like, ah, we don't understand what the hell is going on, but there's no quality out there. Uh, you're consistent. You're you know, you do what you say and everything you said, you've been able to do so far. So fucking here's the job. Thank you. So then I did that. And so actually for a couple of years. I, I worked with them and then I did also side work when I got to talking with another tech at another facility that was at an Amazon place. And I started to get some work with Kiva Robotics there. And uh, then I got promoted two more times over the course of 24 months. And they said that um, now you're going to oversee and run a bunch of other people and everything else. And so I did that for another year. I ran a team of automation and robotics techs. And then they asked me again, if I would be willing to take another promotion. And I said, okay, but that promotion led to me being in a pay cap. And they wanted to then start having, like with that pay cap, my first thought was I need to make my job easier for myself now, right? So I trained this 
these guys to basically to where we could run an 800,000 square foot facility with maybe one or two guys at, at max. And all this automation equipment will go maybe 5,000, 6,000 orders an hour out the door, no problems, boxed and closed, and, and all the equipment is automated, right? Well, this peak season comes and they, apparently everybody has to be uh, working overtime. And well, no matter how much orders or anything, whatever happens, the equipment still runs the same speed. All my stuff is still the same, but they wanted to have two and three guys extra on the staff and everything else for hours and hours. And I'm just like, these guys deserve to be home with their families. This is ridiculous. You're asking them to be here overtime on a holiday and telling them that, uh, is necessary and we've got this set up to where the entire facility runs with minimal oversight you know it's like why are you doing this it's just fiat as fuck so the next year came around and i told him i said look you know i got this worked out to where we can do a three four split schedule and everybody's on board with it i've talked to all the other guys and it works and the and and we got a new guy here to come on board in a facility recently and he was there's only me at this point and one other guy between me and the corporate board down on state street in cincinnati ohio and this guy he gets hired in late in the game and and he comes to me and says you know we can't do this schedule it won't work we've already tried it and i said wow that's interesting because i've been here years longer than you and I've never once seen this schedule implemented. So how the hell did you manage to get it by me like that? And he's like, well, I mean, we've tried it at other places and, and it's not going to work. I was like, oh, OK, so basically you just lied to my face and now you're trying to save face by saying, oh, we, we tried it at other places and then it won't work because you literally just tried to lie to my face. And he's like, well, you know, it, it's it's not like we we're not trying to do things here i said you're not trying to do anything actually except for just go through the motions and do whatever the fuck you're told like you're not even trying to think differently or for yourself or how you can make this position better for the other people that have to be here with you i mean if we got this like you don't think the people on the floor have this figured out better than perhaps the ones sitting in the office with the thumbs up their asses you're fucking blind and you're backwards and you don't have a clue as to what's going on and you're not gonna last here any longer than the last guy that did. The way I made it from the janitor to where I am today is not because I just fucking didn't see what the hell was going on out on the floor and get the shit going the right direction. And so then he just got all upset about it. I said, look, you got 36 hours to take a look at this and put something on the board. And by then, the first January 1st holiday had came and went. It was the second. I went back in on the second. And I said, hey, I don't see where the new schedule's at, you know? And he's like, well, it's just not going to work, like we said. And I said, well, then neither am I. And uh, they didn't know it, but the night before, I packed up my tools and all my precision instruments and everything into my truck, and I fucking hauled ass that morning. Never looked back. <laughs> They didn't know it, but I had been repairing broken Bitcoin mining equipment on the clock on my uh, break time and had been building on my break time. I would take ASICs into the shop there and I try to repair them. And so they didn't know that I was building a fleet of ASICs to support myself with so that when I decided to walk out on their asses, I wouldn't have any problems doing so. <laughs> so. All right. First of all, let me ask you a question. Who has the rights to your story for a movie? Dude, 
I would definitely, we could definitely work on a story for that. I mean, yeah, hell yeah. I've had the wildest ride in my life. I mean, I lost my pop when I was five. Uh, my mom kind of went off the rails after that. Uh, I ended up staying with a family friend and getting raised up in the Caribbean. Just then I, uh, like I said, you heard the other parts. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like. Where in the Caribbean are you know, from? Uh, so uh, based up out of the Keys, then been to Bimini, Nassau, Freeport. Uh, it's been oh, a nice. whole gang of men. A shorter list is places haven't been to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as well, like Delhi, uh, Amritsar, uh, yes. What's your favorite? Surapur. You said you grew up in the Caribbean, right? You grew up in the Caribbean? What was that like? A lot of, man, a lot of, a lot of drinking towns with boating problems, man. Just, that's, Okay, it seems like if you have a business that is a niche business when it comes to like island affairs, uh, a restaurant, a grocer, um, a plumber, an electrician, a carpenter, you know, contractor, you can do okay. Uh, you're owning the business though at that point, and you know, procuring a service and keeping a tidy margin. If you are going to be just an employee of some business and your family doesn't have any kind of like roots down there or money of any sorts, you're going to struggle and you're going to struggle a lot uh, because the wages aren't there. Everything is damn expensive and the call to the damn bar stool is hard, especially after a long day out in the sun. Everybody want to go get a cold drink and misery loves company. I see more people go down there to try and have a good, nice, quiet life in islands just to get wrecked by the locals who all they want to do is go out and get trashed and and just fuck around and shit because that's all they know. And it just that that isn't what the people expected. They end up broke and tired and uh, wanting. And it's a nice place to retire and visit. But I mean, Unless, like I said, you're a business owner or you're running a show, being an employee of somebody's down there, that ain't fun long term. That's just like you must just be a busted ass kid looking for an outlet for some short time because it ain't good for a long time, as they say. So what what was driving you to sort of be a kid that would get out of that? Um, it was boring as hell going out and drinking and partying every day. That shit was boring to me. Like, mm -hmm. I don't like that. I, I'm not for the bar scene. I went to Bitblock Boom and all these jazz were going out to fucking Rainy Street to all these bullshit ass parties and stuff. I'm like, this music is so loud as distorting, first of all. So the DJ is like the worst ever, if, if anything. And I can't understand anybody. And everybody fucking smells like shit, man. Like sweaty, alcoholic fucks, man. It's like the worst. I was just not turned on by any of the trash walking past. And it was just, just didn't seem like anybody five. even cared. It didn't seem like people cared about themselves even or respected themselves, you know? Like I just didn't want to have anything to do with it. So that's not my scene like that. Uh, no, no bueno para nada, see? So we we kind of touched over you getting into mining at the last job, but what was what's your Bitcoin story? What happened? How'd you get into it? How'd you find it? 
Oh man, don't you know? Everything that glitters is gold, bro. So I had the opportunity to see the ICO craze in 2017, right? I saw this and I thought, wow, that's pretty fucking amazing. What the heck is all this noise, right? Is there all kind of flash and Lambos and all kinds of exciting things going on, right? And I thought, wow, maybe I want to get some of that too, right? Maybe it's some new new thing that that uh, well, I haven't heard about it before, but then it's all of a sudden it's everywhere, you know, like these fucking Ponzi ass coins were everywhere all of a sudden. And so I took a handful of cash and I just like rolled dice with it and I was like, plam, and threw it out there. And then all of a sudden, midway through the year, the Security Exchange Commission says, we don't like you, we don't like you, we don't like you, we don't like you to a bunch of these ICOs and stuff. And, and then there was BitConnect also hit, also in 2017. And so I see all this stuff start happening. And so I started taking all my capital back right away, right away. I take like maybe a 25, 30% haircut, which is actually making out clean if you consider what some of these people have been wrecked with over the last half a decade or more. And so I'm sitting here after just taking this nice haircut off of my stash. And I'm like, wow, that was really fucking intense. What was that all about? You know, like what just happened there? So I step back and I'm looking and I see one thing, one common denominator amongst all, no matter what I was going into or coming out of or whatever it was, the one common denominator was that they wanted Bitcoin. They didn't want anything else. Nobody wanted my credit card information. Nobody wanted my checkbook fucking uh, routing numbers or anything. Nobody wanted anything from me related to fiat. Nobody wanted any other shit coin. Nobody wanted fucking Kaka Litecoin or ETHTARD, ridiculous, retarded Ethereum. Nobody wanted none of that garbage. The only common denominator that was out there was Bitcoin. And that was all the way across the board. And when I saw that, like a light bulb clicked i was like i gotta know more about this what is this and why is this the common denominator here so then i found bitcointalk.org and i was like holy crap money without a fucking bank at the concept never came i never thought about it really before like right why would i i never really thought about money without a bank i guess basically because in this era if you were born in in the western hemisphere after you know 1930s getting access to fiat capital wasn't necessarily impossible you know and so even in south america the banks there have already destroyed themselves multiple times over and so access to fiat capital is not impossible and it's like unless you lived in a mud hut and the serengeti you may not have fiat dollars. And so it just never really necessarily that I may need this without that third party intermediate intermediary. Now, I mean, always the idea of gold being there and it having value and being something you could trade or move, but always, yeah, this is damn cumbersome. And how the hell am I going to just be like, here's a dollar fifties worth of my fucking gold for whatever the goods I need are, you know, like I never even went that far with it because it's just like the world ain't coming to an end yet. So I'm right. not there yet. 
know, although I know I can get out a fucking file and an acid test kit and I can go test people's gold, see if it's real. And I can get grams of gold shaved off or whatever, whatever, you know, right. but then Bitcoin, Bitcoin is like that. But I didn't even think about it because here I am in my fucking first world problems, right? Coming up back from the old school, from the before times where I damn used to have to turn on a water pump in the morning to get water or else I didn't have water for the whole day. And then you don't have electricity at certain times of the day and other things like that. And so you think when things get really good, sometimes it's easy to overlook some of that stuff, you know? And I, and so again, I'm not thinking about money without a bank. Just didn't need to. And then it hit me like reading through bitcointalk.org and finding the white paper and everything else. And it like, all of a sudden it was like, a hurricane of information that once I understood and right. I came to understand like you know, the fiat monetary like this that fiat legacy system and its monetary policies and I was I got into it even deeper. I went down the creature from Jekyll Island Road, became furious with that whole yeah. situation. It, you know, um it really just a whole entire world opened up to me in regards to money and what it is, why it is, how it is, where everything, you know, it, it just, it was an epiphany. So sort of, I guess, because I've had family in other parts of the world that have had their entire life destroyed because they decide to fuck with the currency. Like, Oh, we're just going to remove this particular note out of the circulation. And it literally wrecks them. And so, it just all of a sudden, all of it was right there. And I understood. And the first thing I wanted to do was contribute to it and, and how I wanted to like understand how I can contribute more to this. And because I couldn't code, but I knew how to interface with hardware and code through automation and robotics, I knew that I could mine Bitcoin. And so my goal was to dedicate, figure out a way to dedicate myself to build the Bitcoin network through mining. And so that's what I've been doing. What, uh, oh, go ahead, Mike. I was going to ask, what, I see that on your hat. It, uh, it's, it says H, HFSP. What, what is, I was curious what that means to you. Uh, it means that uh, you can either understand truth and work through life with integrity, or you can fucking have fun staying poor. Because that's where you're going to end up morally, subjectively, and, you know, spiritually. If you do not seek truth and integrity daily, you will have fun staying poor. That's right. You can at least. So outside of mining, what aspect are you most interested in and most fascinated by? So the aspects of Bitcoin that most intrigue me are what type of I guess we'll call them evolutions in technology that will be allowed to occur because now direct funding for real research and development can occur. People that have ideas that are actually uh, disruptive and groundbreaking who perhaps maybe wouldn't have got funding because it could have threatened something that JP Morgan was invested in, you know, and perhaps stopped them from making or churning a profit cutting blood from the rock prematurely, 
you know, these type of disruptive technologies get bought up and suppressed because they are currently holding stock in a company that they're not done raping the public with. So once that's done, you know, then they wheel out the new tech and, you know, the, with the world is literally thousands of years behind and where it could be if it, if it wasn't for asshats like uh, the central bankers buying up the smartest, best and most brightest minds in the world specifically just so they can figure out ways to rehypothecate and write horrible mortgage backed security type fucking swaps and shit. And they go out and they find these guys and they take them from their fields, best and brightest minds in the world, like nuclear engineers, physicists, and they they lure them in with fiat noise and literally have them guys writing these ridiculous ass programs for banks instead of doing the work that they should be doing. It's just sick and disgusting. And Bitcoin will, you know, give people the ability with technology and, and ideas and breakthroughs and, you know, things like that to have direct funding and not have to be worried about bankster, demonic, psycho freaks who want to just shut everything down and control it for their own personal gain and self-interest. Think about how lucky we are that uh, they found you before the Wall Street types did. I mean, imagine mine like an autodidact like that doing working for JP Morgan. Not that you would necessarily, but hell. Well, oh, no, I wouldn't. Man, if they try to put me in a, oh man, I'll, if why, they chain me you? to one of their desks, if they chain me to the desk, I'll chew through my leg to get out, man. What, what, what keeps you away like that? What keeps me away? I've, I've been hurt by them before. I've been stuck out in the middle of nowhere and had my damn debit cards not work. I've been trapped, like literally, and forced to beg because I was subject to the fiat legacy system. Literally, um, loss of, you know, self. Like, you feel helpless. You feel like it's terrible dealing with that system, you know? It's, it's the worst. It makes, here's the number one thing. You look at this system, right? And you see that you are trading the most precious thing that you have available to you, which is your time for something they can essentially create out of thin air from nothing. Do you know what that means your worth is in their eyes? Nothing. Nothing. So, you think that if they taught that shit to people in schools and everything else, that they'd want to fucking go and participate in that system? No. I'll be like, I don't want to go get a job. Are you fucking crazy? I don't want one of those things. You're going to give me that stuff in exchange for this precious asset of mine? You are absolutely insane. And that's why they don't teach about money in school. And that's why I don't want anything to do with that system myself, like at all. I only work for people that will pay me in Bitcoin because it's like my time. I, I won't have it any other way. And I, I, I stress and urge other people to demand their own payment in Bitcoin as, as well when it comes to their jobs. When did you become this aware of your time? Man, I would say the first time I almost died when I, I was like 2009, I, it was oddly enough, in 2009, I had a car accident. Bitcoin was born, but I didn't know about Bitcoin then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't know honestly. Um, 
I, I had a car accident and I, and I almost passed away in the same manner that my father did. And I, and it really kind of scared me. Like it kind of, I thought to myself, like, what am I doing? I'm wasting my time. I don't want to fucking sit around here and just do nothing with myself and become this like stinky loser asshole at a bar stool. <laughs> and I want to like do something meaningful with myself. If I'm, you know, I just, it just, something didn't feel right after that, you know? And so I, I'd always been into like physical fitness. I did bodybuilding a while back in the day. I was actually pretty successful at that. I just, it just, it didn't like personally like satisfy me though. Really after a long time, I looked back and I was like, you know, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I don't really like this, you know? And so yeah, sure. it's interesting when people like learn things about themselves and change, you know, like versus having other people show them. It, I don't know. It's weird like that. Uh, sure. But so what happened was I had that that accident and I saw all these different things I was doing with my time. Like, like I said, like drinking towns with boating problems and my accident happened down in the islands. And, and I was just like, I don't want to live down here anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just didn't want to do the same stuff anymore. It seemed like just like a never ending it was like a paradox, like a bad paradox, like a weekend at Bernie's gone way wrong. <laughs> so I was just like, if I got time, I need to do something with it that's good and waste it out and everything. And then when I found Bitcoin, I was just like, oh my God, it's it made me even worse. <laughs> bro, bro, you you like you understand you mind time. That's what you're doing. No. You're like uh, Yeah, exactly. Basically, that's why when I got into automation, it was like light bulbs went off all over the place. I was like, holy hell, I literally can use these systems to create time for myself all over the place through efficiencies and all kinds that's of other nuts. stuff. That's nuts. And so yeah, I was just like, when I got into Bitcoin, I was like, this is like not fair to other people. They don't understand. They have no idea what what is like what they're missing in their life and, and how to like make themselves feel more fulfilled and wholesome and happy with it today. It yeah. really boils down to like understanding that you, you living basically it's everything is numbers and time, everything, no matter what. And I've always been on that tip because my, like, like, I like the thing in my family where we, study this craft that has a lot to do with balance and numbers and time and stuff like that and if you look you got 24 in a day by three and then to that you got eight and then through eight you can you know get eight for yourself eight for your work and eight for your sleep and if you handle everything properly there is enough time today to do everything it's just that a lot of times people have much distraction and they're not good at prioritizing and they run into all these problems yeah so but, the uh there's a quote i like by this author named scott peck i'm scott peck and it's uh it actually i can think back uh about 10 years where it really had an impact where it changed my life to the point where i can remember thinking about it and reading it and it says if you don't value yourself you don't value your time if you don't value your time you won't do anything productive with it and i think that because of the relationship with money and time that that same quote uh applies to money if you don't value yourself, you don't, you know, you don't value the time, you don't value the money, then you won't do anything productive with it. You'll just speculate, you'll gamble, you'll buy shit coins, you'll be hiring people to write algorithms so you can shave off some arbitrage. What like, does it mean I, to 
What does it mean to value your time? What does that mean? It, it to not sit idly by, in my opinion, to just slip away into yeah. obscurity while you look at others and watch them build around you. Time, time is only a precious resource because we are mortal. So if you don't value yourself, you're not you. Your time is your existence on this planet. So well, valuing your time is valuing yourself. Ultimately, I, the way I was thinking about it was like if you don't understand what your time means to you, or if you, you can't, if right. you can't put a price on it. Like then you can't. Um, then ultimately, you're you're not going to value your time, right? And, and that's right. Value it correctly. And if you don't, that's why like the, the mm. Bitcoin fiat price is irrelevant because you can't put a price on your time. On your own time. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can set, you know, a wage per hour, but ultimately it's, it's gotta be more than a hundred dollars an hour is not worth shit if they're going to inflate it away. That, that's okay. So good, 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 a uh, good point to that, uh, uh, to add to that is uh people when asked me like what should i charge for my time on something my first thought is charge what you want to make in the future now because you better right. look and see like you said a hundred dollars next year ain't gonna be shit so what am i looking at next year that's why i want to that's why i need to be getting paid today right like if 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 i need two hundred dollars a day next year to live i need to get i need that now right the people who want a certain cash amount or usually it's usually a high time preference here it's like i gotta pay my mortgage next month i gotta pay my grocery bill mm -hmm. next week but when you think about what you want to make and what you want to save the fiat's not in the equation for me it's it's you know it's bitcoin of course no it's certainly even the understanding of saving something you know it has become way more apparent since i got into bitcoin for sure yeah, absolutely. Um, the concept of saving in its traditional form now is absolutely 100% broken when it comes to the fiat legacy system. You are forced. They don't want to you to find, save. No, you're forced into investing, actually, yeah. in order to try and keep up with inflation. You are forced to find these high risk ETFs and others like single equity uh, owned stocks and stuff so that you can hopefully put money there and that that may outperform at, you know, a, a, a bullshit ass 8% if it hits 13% and then what do you get? 5%? I mean, come on, this is, it's disgusting. And just is, there's no coming back from that. Where we're at with that right now, it's it's way too far gone. And so anybody who saves in fiat is only high time preference in, in, in my eyes. I can't see anything else um, saving in fiat being related to anything else but high time preference. Like you must have bills needing paid now because if, if it's even six months from now, again, you better be looking to double up on your hourly wage if you want to be able to afford that because they're printing like there ain't no coming back. What uh, overall, are you optimistic or pessimistic about like the next five to 10 years? Good question. Well, I mean, personally, I like to connect with people and and I'm optimistic uh, about people 
and in the humans and 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 our ability to you know uh see good in each other and 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 lift each other up and and help each other and and do the next right thing when it's presented i'm optimistic about that um i've been in situations where i needed an assist and 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 i was having a hard time humbling myself for it and hands were there to 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 reach out for me before i fell on my own pride and so that makes me optimistic for the future because when people can see pain in others and 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 reach out without you know uh the other individual asking and you know and and that they can recognize and and that they want to help and and so as long as i still experience and see things like that it makes me optimistic um when it comes to like our corporate cronyism and the uh ridiculous um we're gonna exempt ourselves from taxes to safeguard democracy type bullshit i see in the political sphere nowadays oh it's 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 fucking man we're all fucking doomed it's wrecked like the whole system is wrecked. they think and by they i mean the public john q public at large literally think that they can change the way things are by hiring different actors for the playwright like <laughs> like the united states is a stage the legislation is the script and all these politics are just a bunch of joke actors and people think they they really believe that they can vote in a new actor and that it will change the script that is the most absurd thing i've ever heard it's ridiculous they need to wipe out all these assholes at once put in term limits and start fresh because right now when you got nancy pelosi at a hundred thousand dollars two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year raking in 300 million and 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 you know stock gains well you know some questions man what you know and and then and then all of a sudden we get a congress that's had the best uh, like they've had stock portfolios outperform BlackRock and Vanguard combined over the last 20, 20 years, and they've only been trading for the last thirty six months, and <laughs> and then, then got, uh, yeah. and then they yeah. go and they want to exempt themselves from audits across the board to safeguard safeguard democracy you know what i think if the irs ever shows up in my front door i'll be exempting myself from an audit too just to safeguard democracy and you got the federal it's fucking reserve ludicrous man. yeah all the federal absolutely reserve. absurd all the federal reserve governors oh. sold all their stocks at the top in the fall yeah it's sick and and you know the thing is is like nobody's allowed to question any of this right you're you're Russian. Right. you're a rush you're a russian uh, puppet if you're doing that oh man you're julian assange bro you, right. you're going <laughs> you're going away right. you're gonna are you ready to be hillaried or yeah. clintonized see they got Epstein'd. sailor they got sailor today yeah. you see that what's going on with that i haven't followed today the, the district of columbia the attorney general is uh is uh charging michael sailor with tax fraud for from DC. 
from from DC saying that he's a, a resident there, but he lives in Florida and he hasn't been paying his DC taxes, so they're charging and him it, and MicroStrategy. It like, it's like six million, right? Six or no? It's like something twenty five million, right? Yeah, yeah, twenty five million in, t- in fraudulent taxes. Yeah, so they're <laughs> they're kind of, we're at we're at the now they fight you stage. So be prepared, you know. So they'll have to find me, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Did you have to serve the guy first? You gotta find him. Well, you, it looks like you got a head start. So oh yeah, they ain't found him yet. Good luck to him. No, he's, a, he's right. he, he might be on, he might be on his boat headed to have an accident. You know. Yeah, there you go. Oh man. Well, so here's the thing. From what I understand, as long as you prove you still have your assets, there ain't shit they can do to you, really. Right. Exactly. So, so, and because I hodl all my Bitcoin and I find fiat ways to pay off all my other bullshit expenses, like I'll do consulting and for mining. And if somebody like is like still not all there and they want to use their fiat, I'll say, okay, well then, yeah, you can send fiat to this horrible bank and then I can pay bills from that horrible bank account, you know, but like I, man, Yeah. Stack your Bitcoin and keep that shit and the IRS can piss off because if you're not selling your Bitcoin and you're just holding your Bitcoin, they got they ain't got shit. Yeah. Exactly. So like I said, I get paid in Bitcoin and that goes directly into my cold storage. And I try to do consulting and other stuff so that whenever I do have these ridiculous, you know, individuals can't see that system. Can help them out too. You know? yeah. <laughs> so HT, you got to tell us, you got to remind us uh, just about how to find you, any, anything you're working on, stuff like this. Well, so I'm always on Twitter poking around and, and putting out information on what's working on, what's going down, what's next. Um, and usually, my DMs, oddly enough, I know that a lot of people don't like that, but I, I think that it's important to be there, you know, for everybody. So that's one place that I'll always be available in the DMs. There you go. Cool. So, yeah, man, I it was, was uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I was, uh, I was thinking about uh, making myself more available, but with the way things are going nowadays, with the, probably not too wise. Man, OPSEC is it's more and more important every day, you know. <laughs> so maybe you shouldn't. Maybe it'd be unwise to have a movie about yourself. But who knows? Maybe you should. We should. You should write we'll a different kind of film. We'll wait, we'll wait till things calm down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. We'll wait till the good guys win. <laughs> it's exciting though. We could do it. Hell yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing, man. If you if you've heard me talk before, you know I'm a big advocate of, of not having any fear. So it this it is shows. important. Well, it What's shows. That? I think I know. I'm just saying it shows. Like you, you've really come. Uh, this the story that you've told. You've come a long way. It's a uh, it's pretty inspiring, and uh, it shows uh, fearlessness. You know. For sure. Oh, thank you. I just, I just always look at it like this. You're going to have everyday decisions to make and choices, or you're going to have obstacles or things present themselves to you. Right. And 
sometimes you'll know in advance what all these things are going to be, right? And my advice to anybody, if they want to be successful with anything and everything, is to take the most difficult task or the, the, the thing that it makes you the most anxious, whatever it is that you have on that list that is that, do that first every single time. Like, like a cold, like an ice bath first thing in the morning. You know, it's like, I don't want to do this. You better damn get in there and do it. And you better damn stay in there for 10 minutes until you're shivering and you get out and do it. You know, it'll make the rest of the day easy as hell. It's, oh, yeah. You know, doing things like that. You just you take the most difficult and the hardest task challenge and, and you slam that out first and never look back. Even if I know like I got to have a horrible phone call with somebody and I don't want to talk to that person, I'm calling them immediately. <laughs> it's like, why even wait? You know, just face the fear and get it out of the way. Oh, yeah. I sign off on that. Hey, man, cool. HT, it was, uh, it was great to talk to you. So glad you had came on. Glad you stayed up late. Me too. You guys are pretty cool. Oh, yeah, man. Uh I wish I spoke with you at BBB, but I was a, a, I was a bit intimidated. I, I, I wanted to talk. No to you, man, don't worry. We're gonna like, oh, chat. Man, this uh, guy seems too cool. For nah, <laughs> you guys are too me on this show. What are you talking about with your awesome backgrounds and all that? Oh, you guys, uh, are you coming out to Pacific Bitcoin in November? Okay, so I'm traveling a lot in September. I'm gonna be all over the Dakotas and in Tulsa, maybe out in nice. Oklahoma. And then, and then in October, I'm going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina for the last half of the month. And then I'm going to be in Atlanta on the first part of the month. So by the time November comes around, I'm probably just going to want to sit down and, and eat some turkey somewhere and not be messing <laughs> around with nobody. <laughs> yeah, man. If you uh, so uh, I'm not, I'm in uh, Omaha. So if you're out, if you're out by Omaha, you're driving through, send me a DM. We'll, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll do something. Are you uh, going to Miami 2023? That's the plan, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we're supposed to both go. I'll be yeah. down there. Um, yeah, man, I'll, uh, I'll hook you up with some fractal tea. We'll be good. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, you got to we'll check the thread on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate podcast. You can find us at at high hash rate on Twitter, or you can hit up uh, Dan at Heartland Bitcoin on Twitter and myself, Mike. I am at Rundance BTC. Yeah.